Hi, I'm Tiffany. And I'm Catherine. We're the co-founders of Yo Massage, and you're listening to the Yo Massage Podcast. This is the podcast where we talk about all the things that make you feel good. The things that increase hormones to make us feel connected, happy, and loved, while decreasing hormones that contribute to stress and anxiety. The things that will ultimately improve our quality of life by making us happier and healthier mentally, physically, and emotionally. We can't wait for you to feel the difference this podcast makes in your life. Today, we are going to be talking about touch and why it seems taboo a lot of the time. And just a reminder that our podcast is meant to be equal parts educational, entertaining, and inspirational, and it's not intended to be a substitution for professional mental health care. Okay, so we already did a podcast on so touch deprivation. Yeah, we talked about why we crave why we crave touch. We took a test, a touch deprivation kind of quiz survey thing. So you should definitely check this one out. This one we're kind of talking about why society, you know, makes touch taboo, feel taboo, mm-hmm. something that's wrong. And I think that it's coming up more and more that, you know, people are like, no touching in the workplace. Teachers shouldn't touch children, psychologic doctors, yes. like da-da-da. And it's, yeah, I have some interesting things to say okay. later on, but maybe we'll get into it a little bit more. Maybe starting with just like the United States as a, as yes. a society compared yeah. to other societies. Did you find... Yes. So there was a study where this person observed friends from various regions of the world sitting together like in a restaurant. Mm -hmm. And during an hour-long conversation, French friends affectionately touched each other 110 times. Wow. During an hour-long conversation? An hour-long. Puerto Ricans made physical contact three times per minute. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) For a total of 180 times. And the United States touched each other exactly twice. Wow. So the only other, and I don't know what all, you know, cultures or it's not countries that they looked at, but anyways, I don't know what other cultures they looked at other than Brits. And they said the only other culture that was less touchy than the U.S. was Britain. Wow. So their touch score was zero. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That is so interesting. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, just from our own travels, like I've seen that it's normal to like kiss on the cheek and to Mm -hmm. hug or to hold a handshake for longer in other cultures. Mm -hmm. And here it's like, like if you hold my hand. I'm sorry. Like I bumped your shoulder. I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And yeah, um, this person that I work with in Rwanda, she mentioned during this orientation how it feels kind of rude to them when they hug us and we pull away quickly. Like mm. for for US, we're like quick hug and we're out and they're like, they hang in there yeah. <laughs> for a while. And it feels weird to them when we like pull away. Hmm. Well, we did talk, I don't know what episode we talked about this, but it was like the ideal length of a hug to get the benefits. Was it like 20 I seconds? I think it's 20. Okay. Yeah. Which, if you just think about it right now. That's a like, really long time. Think about hugging someone for 
20, count to 20 in your head and think about a hug. Like, yeah, that's much longer than any normal hug, especially right. Like, I haven't hugged anyone in I like know. months. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting to think about with the quarantine and, and, distancing like are we ever what are actually I you know I wonder how that's affecting like cultures that are more Mm -hmm. touchy than we are yeah because now that's a huge shift for them I feel Mm -hmm. like for us it's just sort of like kind of normal (laughs) you know except for our friends and family obviously but well even with friends and family I mean I've been around family a little bit during this like I've been home a couple of times and the way that I hug my grandparents and mm. my parents, like I'm not like staying complete. I'm like, I'm not staying six feet away from them at all times, like my family members. But like whenever I hug them, I'm not like getting my face near them. Yeah. So it's like a side, like a short side mm. hug type of thing, you know, and like. Yeah. So I'm just thinking about the title of this or at least the the kind of our informal title was Taboo. Mm-hmm. touch and you know why is touch taboo and and I think now with COVID like it's even more taboo yeah and I think you know it's so interesting because that's what I really focused like my searching on is why is touch taboo and I don't know if this came up for you but for me and I already knew this and suspected it but it's all from the perspective, like it's not, I think just off the bat, everyone, especially in the U.S. is thinking, oh, well, we can't have people touching kids or touching women Mm -hmm. or like da da da, like it's unsafe. And it's like, that's from your, every single one of these articles is from the, not from the perspective of keeping children and women safe. It's protecting the doctors and teachers and men. It's like, it's unsafe for men to touch women oh, that's because so interesting. Yeah. And it's like none of it is considering women's safety or children's safety. It's literally talking about you're gonna get sued if you touch. Yeah. I mean, I think that's how we think about it in the US. Yeah. Like it's all about liability. Mm-hmm. And th- so that's really fascinating because as I was going through this stuff and thinking about our recommendations, which I I don't want to necessarily skip ahead to that mm-hmm. right now, but like I think a lot of it is around teaching, like from a young age, teaching kids about their their own boundaries mm-hmm. and communication, you know, men and you know, boys and girls. And like, if we have that foundation as a society where we talk about like boundaries and communication and good touch and bad touch, and like, we can talk about that openly, that then we're able to... I would think we'd be able to give touch more. Yeah. With, I don't know. You know. I I don't know. I mean, I really, I think it's coming from like the top where people, especially like we are in a society that, you know, traditionally oppresses women and I mean, all around the world. And I think that it's another way that society is trying to control women and children. And it's none of these rules are in the interest of protecting women and children. They're in the interest of protecting predominantly men. Mm-hmm. It's protecting men from not being sued in the workplace because of sexual harassment. It's protecting doctors, which are mostly men, 
You know, it's not about making women feel safe. It's not about making kids feel safe. It's about making sexual predators feel safe. And it's like, you don't have to put, like putting regulations on touch is not protecting women or keeping sexual predators. Like it's not preventing sexual predators from being sexual predators saying like, okay, no touching in the workplace. That's not going to prevent a sexual predator from doing what they're going to do. Yeah. So it is, I don't know what the, what the answer is. And I think that that would help. (laughs) Yeah. So what's the answer? I do think that, you know, starting this at a young, like talking about touch and, and boundaries at a young age would, would help. But I don't, I think that like the problem is more deeply ingrained in society Mm, and that it's still if you're still telling men like you can't touch or like da 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 or you're gonna get sued if you touch like I don't know how well I think the other piece of it is just that we have sexualized touch so much I mean that's what people Mm -hmm. think of I mean you literally cannot say the word touch to a man yeah without I mean Catherine we have an experience we'll at some point share with yeah. people that we're just not ready to share yet. But, you know, being in our industry and and doing what we do, it's become clear that when you say the word touch around many men, and I'm not going to say every man, but many, but, yeah. it makes them uncomfortable because they think of sex, Yeah, you know? And I think that honestly – these more rules and regulations around touch makes them think about it more because society or whatever the system is telling them that if you touch someone that is sexual harassment and like that is making things worse right yeah no that's such a good point because i don't you know yo massage like one of the things we're trying to do is raise the conversation around touch mm-hmm. and its be- its therapeutic benefits and why it's so important to us like physiologically and biologically and like mm-hmm. for our our mental health and our overall wellness and like start thinking about touch in that way yeah instead of the conversation always being around sex yeah you know because it just is and Oh, I'm getting fired up. <laughs> I know. Well, I mean, I think the answer, like, I really do think the answer is to stop sexualizing it and to stop putting these restrictions on it. But, like, I don't know if that's going to happen. Like, I think that there's just going to be more restrictions, it seems like, around touch in, in the workplace. And I think it does start, like, at these big companies because what happens in these big companies, like, affects, you know, right. most of society. And right. so Trickles whenever – yeah, these big come. I mean, even men that we've talked to that we consider as you know feminist or you know respect we, respect women and yeah, totally. It's like they have still you know That's felt these same of- ways about touch, mm-hmm. and it's just because in their workplace in their work environment they're told you can't touch women. Like da da da, they're gonna file they'll file a sexual harassment case against you. Mm-hmm. Get fired. Like da da da, and it's like no, that just makes it worse. And it's not protecting women at all. It's protecting men, and yeah. it's oppress. It's like telling women, controlling what people do to women's bodies mm. and like what women want done with their bodies. And it's like that's not in the interest of women at all or children because a lot of this is about children too right. and teachers. Mm-hmm. It's protecting the men and it's just not it's not right and it's not helpful indulge in a transformative experience that nourishes your mind body and soul 
Each yoga massage session begins with a five-minute deep breathing ritual or a unique themed meditation that helps ground you in the present moment. You'll let your worries float away as you're guided through a series of restorative stretches while a yoga massage therapist provides therapeutic massage and guided meditation. Throughout the session, you'll move into a place of tranquility and relaxation. Visit yomassage.com to learn more about how to find a class or how to become a yoga massage practitioner. And I think in the massage industry, this is like a huge thing. So I, I've noticed that if, if I tell somebody, men, that mm-hmm. I'm a massage therapist, it's like, oh, you know, like they, they start <laughs> yeah. looking they at give you. me a uh-huh, massage. Exactly. Like... Right. And it's like, um, I'm like a professional and yeah. this is therapeutic touch and like it's not sexual. And interestingly, during this whole COVID quarantine, all the new like rules and regulations, it's come out that the states have even been referring to massage practices as massage parlors, like in Mm. state law and like written regulation, you know? And so the conversation has been, oh my God, there's this fly that is just like buzzing around (laughs) my face right now. And it's really distracting me. Anyways. (laughs) Anyways, <laughs> so yeah, it's come out that, it, it, and I think it's a window of opportunity though for mm-hmm. the massage industry to say like, hey, massage parlor refers to something sexual and that is not what this industry is about, Yeah, you know? And so it's been... Massage parlor, masseuse, mm-hmm. that's not really, oh, it's kind it's of an offensive word. Yeah. yeah. Um, what else? What other language? Are those the main those two? Those are the main two. Yeah. Even I think I talked in one podcast recently about how I went to buy a car. I guess it was about a month ago now. And I was the guy's like, oh, what do you do? And so mm. I was telling him and he's like, he, he said something about a masseuse or a massage parlor. And I was like, oof. So anybody who says yeah. it to me, I'm like, I know massage. you don't know this, yeah. but actually that's sort of an offensive term. And, it, you know, massage therapist, like we go to mm-hmm. school and take, you know, become licensed and, you know, it's a professional thing. <laughs> yeah. And people don't know. I think I a lot think of times that they you don't. don't know unless you actually see a massage therapist on a regular basis. It's, yeah, and I don't I don't think it's not most people. So I think most people who don't do that, even like chiropractors, like I, I think that a lot of people don't see chiropractors as like real doctors or, mm-hmm. you know, part of the health profession. But I think it's changing and I think more and more people are seeing massage therapists and I see the term being used less often. But I know that there are like I think California maybe even in their state regs refers to it as a masseuse. Yeah. I mean, a ton of states do. Yeah. You know what this is making me think of when you just mentioned the doctors thing is um, I was talking to this doctor, I don't know, a couple months ago, and he was saying that you can actually hear the heartbeat and everything you need to hear without a stethoscope. But the reason the stethoscope was created was during like puritanical times when it was like a doctor's ear should not be on a woman's chest. And so, like, that's the whole reason the stethoscope was created. And it's, like, again, that's sexualizing, I yeah. feel like, you know. like It's sexualizing touch. hmm Yeah. It's so – yeah. And I – the only way to stop this is to desexualize touch. And I don't know how, do you how do we that? do that. Well, other cultures do. It's just our, you know, yeah. like, I think other cultures do. Like, when we were on the boat – 
we, we found ourselves a couple of times at different nudist beaches, not mm-hmm. intentionally, but for us, it was like, oh my God, mm-hmm. you know, like boys yeah. look away, you know, <laughs> and like, they're like, yeah, what, what's wrong? Like, the this body, is my body, yeah. you know, <laughs> like yeah. it's not sexualized yeah. the same way. So I think it's an interesting conversation to have. And I really didn't look, dive deep into it, what people say about I think it's something that's really new to workplaces talking about touch and, and sexual harassment. It's not like like maybe in the past few years, it's become more of a hot topic. I don't know if there's a lot of people like looking into this yet just because it is new, but I would wonder if putting more restrictions on touch like in the workplace and schools is actually stopping predators. Mm-hmm. Which I don't – I highly doubt that it would. Yeah. Because predators are going to be predators no matter what. Right. I think it's just about like open communication, right? Like – and expectations. I mean, I think it needs to be expectations around mm-hmm. honoring other people's like boundaries that they've mm-hmm. set, you know? Yeah. Because, you know, in the workplace – so, gosh, I remember I was – oh, gosh, I was probably 23 – and I was a hospital social worker, mm-hmm. and there was this one doctor, and he made me feel a little uncomfortable. He was mm-hmm. definitely flirty, but you know, whatever. Like I could handle myself. But then it did get to a point where he was like, he he put his hand. We were sitting next to each other charting, and he put his hand on my thigh, mm-hmm. and I was like, uh, like I don't know what to do here. There was another time I was like squatting down. There wasn't a chair um, and I was squatting down and charting. And um, he like came up behind me and put his hands like, I don't know, I guess like around my side and like lifted me up and like Mm -hmm. set me in a chair. And I felt like that was crossing my boundaries. And but I didn't feel comfortable saying anything to him because Mm -hmm. he was in a position of position of power. Exactly. And I think that's I don't know, the thing to think about, right? Mm -hmm. Because we talk about, yeah, educating kids and everybody to have boundaries and communicate. But sometimes there are those positions of power where it's like, even though you know you should say, Mm -hmm. you know, like, I don't know. It it just doesn't feel comfortable or safe. I mean, yeah, it's not set up for success. (laughs) But I mean, in sexual harassment, it's not usually – involving touching like I don't have any sexual harassment in the workplace you know examples of touching like but I do have a lot of like verbal ones or you know just Mm, yeah you know so it's like you're not going to stop sexual harassment by saying you can't men can't touch women you know yeah so I don't know yeah it's the reason that we're talking about this is because touch is so important exactly and because are this industry and and yo massage we want people to receive touch we know the positive benefits of touch and we don't want people to think that you know what we're doing is sexual or wrong right and we no, want people to feel needed. safe right when they go to a yo massage class or when they go see it a massage and therapist not, you know the other piece of the taboo that i think we haven't really talked about is that feeling of like 
almost shame for feeling like you want and need yes, touch. Yes, that came up. Mm-hmm. You know, where it's like, oh my gosh, I really want to be touched. I really want mm-hmm. a hug or whatever. And like, oh, what's wrong with me? Or maybe I'm just, I mean, I don't know, but it, we need it. Like that's normal. And mm-hmm. that's what we want to get out there too is like, not only is it normal, but it's healthy. Yes. It's healthy to have that need for touch fulfilled. And it's innate. We need it. And, you know, there's – go listen to our touch, our first touch episode. And I'm sure we're going to be doing a lot more – a lot of other episodes on on touch. We have a lot of stuff on the website, on our social media. So check those out if this is a a topic that's new to you. But it's something that's really important and it's unsafe for it to be – seen as something that's wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, agreed. But you know, I was reflecting on my own experiences when we were preparing for this podcast. And, you know, when I'm upset, I feel like I need a hug, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, I enjoy physical like reassurance and whatever if I'm upset about something. But outside of like a significant other, I wouldn't never like seek out a hug from a man or Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just feel like that would be sending a signal, (laughs) right? Like sending a signal that I'm interested in them sexually. And so like, I would just never do that. And I, even for females, like, I think I probably would only seek that out if I was really close with them. Mm -hmm. And so I think if we do that, and I don't think I'm alone in that. I think if we set these like restrictions on touch and who we can ask for touch Mm -hmm. from and receive touch from, then, I mean, we're setting ourselves up for touch deprivation. Yeah. You know? And we're creating a society that we don't want to live in where it's Mm -hmm. like, okay, men and women can't be friends unless it's sexual or like, you know, it's just not – it doesn't help anyone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, it's so true. When you grew up, was your family super touchy? Not – not really. No. I no. feel like that plays into it because – Yeah. And when I was thinking about culture, I was thinking not only like regionally, but also just like family cultures because mm-hmm. like I have friends who their families are super like huggy and touchy mm-hmm. and mine was not at mm-hmm. all. And so like I'll know like, okay, I better – I should give them a hug or it's going to seem weird, you know, Yeah. <laughs> if I don't when I go over there. But it definitely varies, I think. And maybe we have something to learn from those families that yeah. aren't don't feel restricted. Yeah. I mean, I was reading like, oh my gosh, I have to, we have to link these articles and we always do. But the, it's so crazy that there was this one in the Ir- Irish Times or I something that like one. that. Yeah. And it was literally... It was like fathers are nervous to be physically affectionate towards their daughters yes. due to da da da. And it's like, really? what? I know. Like, that's crazy. That is just crazy that your society is telling you that you're, it's sexual to touch your daughter. Like, I know. What? And then that just like sets children up for dysfunction (laughs) around touch. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. I mean, I think we obviously have to acknowledge that bad things happen and there is like... But you're not going to stop, like, you're not going to stop, like I said, you're not going to stop a sexual predator by telling them that they can't touch someone. Telling everybody else that it's not okay to 
healthily or healthily that's not a yeah. word is it i don't know healthy touch <laughs> to forgive healthy touch yeah. yeah exactly oh i know it's it's a big conversation and we are going to be doing several more podcasts mm-hmm. around different kind of topics related to touch because um we did see that was um, most people listen to that podcast out of all of our podcasts was the touch deprivation one. Um, I think that really is interesting and resonates with a lot of people. And there's so much to say on the yeah. topic. So. Yeah, I think the next one we should do about is like a positive touch one. Like yeah. why <laughs> why touch is good and why we need it and yes. all of that. Yes, there's um, so many benefits to it, which is why we do what we do. So mm-hmm. I would just say like, I don't know, tips around this. Try to reframe your your brain about it. I know you can't change society, but you can start with yourself. You can start by having these conversations. If you do hear people in the workplace talking about this, just... Yeah. I mean, I think one of the things I wrote down was if we can slowly change our culture by engaging children in conversations around touch, its role, boundaries and communication, you know, I think that we can, we can, but it's just a matter of like how many people right now are even willing to engage in those conversations with children or see this as an issue. And that's what we want. We want to start that conversation so that more people can understand you know, how this is detrimental, how touch deprivation is detrimental to everyone. Yeah. You know? In addition to the signature Yo Massage class, Yo Massage offers other specialized experiences such as energetic Yo Massage. In an energetic Yo Massage class, your practitioner will combine a traditional Yo Massage session with our signature energy work ritual and a healing and transformative mind, body, soul experience. As you find rest and relaxation and restorative stretches and get lost in mind-opening meditations, your practitioner will provide an enlightening, energetic experience. You'll leave this session feeling a true sense of transformation and tranquility. For more information, visit yomassage.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review wherever you listen. To learn more about today's topic, check out yomassage.com backslash podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. We'll see you next week.